from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. It's really a quiet week of economic data, like some housing data, some you know consumer sentiment data. So, I mean, really, it's it's more about inflation and and Ukraine. I think that you know, probably matters more than anything. And then we are getting closer to um, the start of earnings season with quarter end approaching. And so um, some of the companies that report February quarter ends uh, have some pretty good news. Uh, so that'll certainly be interesting uh, over the next couple of weeks to see what analysts do uh, with those estimates. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast with Ryan and Jeff. Jeff, brackets are busted. Stock market is bouncing, <laughs> historically bouncing. There's a lot of things we want to talk about, but let's just start with that. How's your bracket looking? Did you have St. Peter's by chance in the Sweet 16? I did not. Uh, and I uh, I doubt too many of us did. What a great story. This is what makes the uh, tournament so much fun. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how often a 15 gets to the 16, but I bet it's like once a decade at most. Yeah. Pretty cool story. It is. And I can't confirm this because I saw it on Twitter. So who knows if it's true or not. But apparently a five seed has never won the tournament. Have you ever heard that, Jeff? It seemed like a reliable source. You ever heard that before? Well, I know a lot of 12s beat fives in the first yeah. round, but I right. uh, had never heard that stat. That's, yeah. that's maybe a listener. Yeah, maybe a listener can confirm it, but I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting. My boys were telling me that, oh, was it UConn a couple of years ago? It was a, low, a fairly low seed that came through to win. I mean, obviously the favorites normally win, but that is what makes March Madness wonderful. Now, Jeff, you are a Kansas Jayhawk fan. I mean, we'll put you on the spot. How much further do you think they're going to go? Oh, I, they're going to be close to a double-digit favorite in, in the next game and the game after that if they keep going. Right. So, uh they're playing really well. Uh, I think you got to like their their chances. Um, maybe they're peaking at the right time. They look yeah, good. Absolutely. As I mentioned, I'm a Xavier fan. We just fired our coach. We hired Sean Miller, who was our old coach. We can talk all day about that. But hopefully, Xavier and I can have some fun with you next March with my team where I graduated from in the tournament next year. So, Jeff, let's just get into it this week again. The question or what we titled this is, is the low end, right? Stocks were one of the worst starts of year ever, right? We talked about that a lot on this very podcast last week. Huge, huge bounce. You know, is the low end? What does it mean? We're going to talk about that. Also, the Federal Reserve, the Fed finally started to hike rates last week. Um, market took it in stride, to be honest. So we're going to kind of dive into what potentially is going on there. And literally yesterday, Jerome Powell was in front of some people and said some things. They got the got yields moving even higher. So a little more, a little cherry on top, really, to that discussion, what he just said yesterday on Monday. Then we're going to talk about bonds, right? The impact that the higher yields are having. Bonds have had a very, had a rough last year, uh, 2021, very rough 2022. One of the top questions we've been hearing from our nearly 20,000 LPL advisors is, what should I do about that? Whoa, I get so excited talking about it. What should I do about my bonds? You know, should we even have bonds? So we're going to have a, a, um, a timely discussion, I think we'll say, on that front. But Jeff, you know, high level, last week the S&P was up over 6%, the best week since March 2020 and the election, um, U.S. election, which obviously kicked off a pretty good time period. I'll have one more quote and then I'll get your take, Jeff. Um, you know, when you look at previous weeks, they gained at least 5%. I went back um, to March 2009. Uh, there were 12 of them, right? A month later, the S&P's higher, 11 out of 12, up about 5% on average. So a blast of strength, near term at least, can continue. 
Um, and also we've got March and April, which are two historically strong months. So the calendar is playing some favorites here. Jeff, do you think the S&P just bottomed for the year? I'm going to ask you a real easy question here to start off. Yeah, I think after the, um, the sell-off in February, yep. now I think it's probably better than a coin flip that we have bottomed. Um, you know, a lot depends on uh, what we get in Ukraine. Um, and certainly the Fed could surprise us again. I mean, just when we thought we're not going to get surprised by more hawkishness, they surprised us again yesterday, right? right? So, you know, maybe the market has adjusted to the Fed uh, and to the uh, high inflationary environment, but you just don't know for sure. So I'll, I'll say maybe a, you know, 70% chance that that the closing low is in, but uh, certainly, um, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. It's, it's, it's really hard to say, but what, what we do have confidence in is that, you know, at the end of the year or a year out, we'll be higher. The, the, the fundamentals to us just look too good uh, for this to be a down year. Absolutely. If anyone's listened to this long enough, they know my crystal ball's broken as it pertains to sports. <laughs> so sorry, Gonzaga, um, every time. So that crystal ball's broken, but I, I, I'm, I'm in the camp too. I think that might've been it. I think those very welcome in the lows. The thing that gets me, I love looking at seasonality. You know, March, 2003, March, 2009, March, 2020, major market lows after some very vicious bear markets and rough starts to a year. March of 2000, of course, was the major peak when the NASDAQ got up over 5,000. So for whatever reason, March has been a month that we've seen some changes in trend and potentially uh, we could have another one. Now on the screen right now, we are sharing what I, a blog I shared yesterday on lplresearch.com. Just takes a look at kind of what happens um, the first 50 days, right? Really bad starts to the year. So the 50th day, trading day this year was the Ides of March, March 15th. S&P was down more than five, uh, sorry, more than 10% for the year. Sixth worst start to a year ever. The, that's the bad news. The good news, when you look at the previous five times that year started off worse by the 50th day, the rest of the year was higher over 30% on average with some just spectacular gains. In 2009 and 2020, recent years of 48% and uh, nearly 39% of the rest of the year. Now, yes, 2001 is in there, returns were lower. That was a recession. We've talked a lot. We don't really see a recession this year. The odds of a recession in 2023, they're higher after what everything has happened, but just kind of the, the take that, you know, who knows? We're not saying there's going to be a 40% bounce in stocks here, but we think, you know, potentially, if you look at history, there could be a positive. One more uh, quick one here, and I shared this on Twitter last week, and I think it might have been the most retweeted and liked um, tweet I've ever done. So people will caught on to this one. The S&P had four consecutive days of at least a 1% gain last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's super rare. I mean, like it's only happened one, two, three, four other times in history. So full disclosure, wildly small sample size. Yes, I wouldn't ignore it though. Last two times it happened were the election, US, uh, the election in 2020, November, and then 82 before that. I remember talking about this, Jeff, with you on this podcast, saying, well, sample size is small, but I wouldn't ignore it after the election when we had four straight 1% gains. A uh, future return a month, um, 12 months later, up over 20% every time, up over 28% on average a year after um, a 1% move four days in a row like we just saw. So Jeff, I've talked a ton. Um, you know, let's talk about the idea, Jeff, I'll hand it to you here, the idea of a buying thrust. You know, I mean, they kind of happen more at the beginning of a bull move, not the middle or the end. You want to kind of take with that and run with it or anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, the market's like the analogy of a beach ball underwater. 
That's right. It, it, you just need that one. Even though trigger. I hate the beach. I hate the beach, Jeff. Maybe I, I don't know. Anyway, it's, I talk about it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, how can you hate the beach? Everybody likes the beach. I don't just, like sun. You know, as a kid, like the, 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 the your mom always putting the, the sunscreen in your eyes and all the sand. And maybe I'm just scarred from it, even though like, oh, boo-hoo, first world problems. My parents take me to a beach. But, um, you know, it, yeah. Anyway, that's enough. No, about you need that. A, just, you need I've a never pool. been into it. I, I like it. Yeah, I like overlooking uh, the beach. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's the hey, I, I just did that as we talked about last week uh, with some of our uh, top LPL advisors down in Florida. It was nice sitting on my balcony overlooking the beach. I could do that all day. Yeah, <laughs> there, there you go. I knew we'd find it. So, yeah, Coiled Spring, uh, you know, prospects for a potential ceasefire in Ukraine, maybe the market sniffing out that, um, you know, the Fed's six or seven rate hikes are priced in, and that's about as yep. much as we're going to get. Uh, you certainly, you know, need the market to get confident that inflation is not going to go higher than what is currently anticipated. You know, we think in the second half of the year we'll start uh, to move lower, and and so that you know, market is can can sniff that out and look forward. So all of these things, um, you know, they're not convincing convincing triggers yet, but they have helped um, markets move off of the bottom, and uh, you know, it makes sense that you get these big moves or cons- or a series of big moves when pessimism is highest, right? The, the sentiment has been very, very negative. This is why you hear markets climb a wall of worry, right? You build this huge wall of worry, and we certainly have a lot to worry about right now. Stocks go down, get cheaper. Then once that, you know, the bricks start to come out of that wall, uh, that's when you get these big moves. Yeah, I've used the quote before, but I love it, right? General Patton said, if everyone's thinking alike, somebody isn't thinking. Two weeks ago, sentiment was off the charts bearish. We talked about it on this podcast saying, listen, there's a lot of people that are thinking things are bad and they are that opens the door for a rally and boom then you have one of the greatest weekly rallies we've seen in a long long time a couple interesting things on the economy for me then we'll kind of move forward jeff and talk about birthdays in the house um just recently the new york fed i've never heard of this one but it's called it's by the new york fed the global supply chain um uh see my green writing global supply chain pressure index right looking at supply chains around the globe it has come down a couple months in a row, still historically strong, but going the right way. Look what Nike just said. Vietnam is back to producing shoes and and, and, um, and things that they need. Um, the Nike makes apparel, I guess is the word I'm looking for, to, to pre-pandemic levels, right? So some, some baby steps in the right direction. I had one more here. Um, give me one second. Okay, the number of companies that actually use the word supply chain in their earnings call in the third quarter was, I'm sorry, in the, in the, in the uh, fourth quarter was 358. It was 362 the quarter before. So that's not much less, but it is less. So four less companies use the word supply chain. So we're seeing some baby steps in the in the right direction, potentially um, in a supply chain issues. Now, full disclosure, we've got obviously what's going on in Eastern Europe. So that's going to impact things, but some steps in the right direction. Uh, Jeff, now a fun one. We did this every year. We do this every year. The bull market has a birthday tomorrow on March 23rd. Or is it an anniversary on March 23rd? Whatever it was, two years ago, tomorrow, the bull market, or I'm sorry, the bear market ended, the bull market started, you could argue. Um, do you call it a birthday or an anniversary? Yeah, I go back and forth on this, but I think I go with birthday because the bull market wasn't born until it started, yep. right? So I guess I'd lean birthday, but I bet you can uh, take the other side of that. Yeah, I, well... <laughs> I sometimes take the other side just because it's fun to do on a podcast, but I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, I like birthdays just sound 
Although I hope my good thing is my wife never listens to this, so I'll just say it. Birthdays have a little more fun than anniversaries. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, like yeah, um, you know, that'll be our secret. Yeah, you know, that's our secret with thousands of people. So don't don't tell her, guys. Thanks. Um, we can keep it amongst friends. But yeah, you know, e- either way, it's it's you know a playful little thing. And and you know, I like to think of um, let's just call it birthday. We're just gonna call it birthday, Jeff, and go forward. So we've got the birthday, right? Which means year three. Isn't this crazy to think where we were just a couple of years ago right now? We've we've gone through so much in our country and around the globe the last couple of years, especially with what's going on in Ukraine now. But just a couple of years ago, right? Exactly two years ago, what we were seeing and feeling and thinking um, when the market was clearly crashing, the fastest bear market ever, fastest 30% correction ever, 34% correction in six weeks. I remember that volatility. I remember looking back, Dow's been around 125 years, give or take. The month of March had bigger daily swings than any March 2020, I should say, bigger daily swings than any month in the history of the Dow. Usually these big records are from the early 30s. March 2020 was truly the most volatile month in the history of the stock market. But sure enough, we've um, we've we've uh, done pretty well since then. So, Jeff, we're at year three. Let's say we start year three tomorrow. What is your crystal ball? We said it's, you know, maybe a little, little foggy because this isn't an easy in- industry to do. But nonetheless, what do you think about year three here in the bull market? What are you seeing? Yeah, year threes tend to be, uh, you know, more moderate, right? Yep. Positive on average, but but moderate. Um, and that's consistent with a mid-cycle economic expansion, right? We've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. uh, in the um, 2022 outlook. Uh, publication passing the baton, right? Mid-cycle uh, economies tend to produce stock market gains. About 80% of the time you're higher, you get um, you know, on average about 11% gains in the S&P 500. So th- that still should be the base case is to um, do something like that, You know, maybe high single digits uh, given the inflation challenges. Uh, remember that valuations tend to be pressured by higher interest rates. We're seeing that now. You know, the Price to earnings multiple, the S&P 500 has come down about four points uh, just over the last several months. So that is a concern, uh, certainly, and may, may cap the, the gains uh, over the next year. But certainly mid to high single digit gains uh, are a reasonable base case, uh, in, in my view. Yeah, exactly. And we'll do actually do a blog on this, lplresearch.com tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. Uh, it takes a look at some of these concepts we're talking about right now. But you know, I, I found 11 bull markets since World War II. Now, when you get to year year one is up significantly, year two is up a lot. By the time you get to year three, yeah, it's up like 5% on average, the S&P is. In fact, out of those 11 years, three of the bull markets stopped. They did, they died, if you will, in, um, in year three of, of a bull market. So they didn't make it fully to the end of year three. Um, you know, And again, when this bull market was up 114% as of early December, it's, it's the strongest start to bull market ever. Um, we don't think it's over. But again, when you look back at history, year three can be that time to kind of catch your breath because year one and year one's over 40%, year two's up like 20%. You tend to kind of catch your breath in year three of a bull market. And that isn't the end of the world. All the different things that we are seeing out there kind of make sense. The bull market's alive and well, in our opinion. But again, maybe it's going to be a little more muted um, you know, going forward, at least for year three. So we'll, we'll talk more about that. But I, I like the idea of a birthday. So Jeff, when's your birthday again? I know we've, we've talked about it. When is it? Oh, it's 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 coming. Coming up, uh, April nineteenth. Yeah. So start yeah. shopping. Okay, April nineteenth. So just right close to tax day. Tax day is what April seventeenth this year, I think, or maybe it's April eighteenth. Um, whatever, whatever it is. Um, anyway, yeah. So well, happy. Um, so you're what thirty two or thirty three, something like that. Yeah, somewhere in there. 
Yeah, somewhere. I, I, yeah, someone asked me the other day how old I was, and I'm like, I, I don't remember. I, I'm 43. I, it's <laughs> like, at the point, true. Yeah, like, you just tell really, I don't know what I am, you know? Anyway, I'm uh, I'm, I'm always kind of tired. <laughs> it's kind of what I am. Um, so, Jeff, let's move forward on, on the podcast before we go too out of here. Uh, the Fed, right? I'll set the table and turn it to you here in a second. The Fed finally hiked rates for the first time in, in this cycle, 25 basis points, like we said on this very podcast six weeks ago and everyone was saying 50 basis point hike. We said, ah, probably not. Every time they started a cycle hiking in the last couple of decades, it's been 25 basis points. My take was the, the, the Fed sounded pretty hawkish. They said six more hikes this year, four more next year. Uh, Q&A, you know, I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. Sound a little hawkish to me. The good news though, I remember I was actually on Fox Business. So I listened to the whole press conference and it's funny in the Q&A, like half the people asking questions to Jerome Powell, like their internet doesn't work. You can't hear him. It's like, if you know you're asking questions to like one of the most powerful people in the world, can't your company get you some good internet? You know, I, anyway, a little, little rant there, but um, I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, Jerome Powell, oh, what he said, what he said was he's, Hey, the economy's in good shape. We talked about this, right? Balance sheets are pretty solid. Uh, you know, overall debt, if you look at the debt as net wealth, is still pretty low. Trillions of dollars in excess savings. Yes, things aren't perfect, but the economy is pretty strong. And he said, hey, we can probably withstand a good deal of rate hikes that are probably going to be coming. And all I know is the stock market went up a lot, um, you know, as soon as he talked and it sounded hawkish. You've had some time to think about it, Jeff. What's your take on what he said last week? And maybe even more importantly, what he said yesterday, because he even sounded more hawkish yesterday on Tuesday. Sure. Yeah, well, I, I said last week that, you know, more important than, you know, is this meeting 25 basis points or 50 basis points yep. is how far does this go? Right. The two year yield is essentially a you know, proxy for how many Fed rate hikes we're going to get over the next two years. And, you know, it's north of two percent. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the key question for me is, are we going to get, you know, eight? Are we going to get ten? Where's the, you know, call it what the R star, you know, where's normal? How far does the Fed have to go to really be tightening, right? Or to be in a tight monetary policy position that, you know, probably more than eight and, you know, maybe 10. So um, right. we'll see how far it goes. But we all, I say this, you know, now basically every week, yield curve is what matters the most. We've already priced in eight plus. So, I don't know that it makes that much difference, um, you know, whether we get 50 basis points or not at the next meeting. I think what matters most is where we go in, you know, the next 18 months. I know it's a long time and people need to be patient, I think, but uh, we, we just don't know if the Fed's going to, you know, tighten until something breaks or not, right? We don't know yet if they're going to cause a recession. It's going to take some time before we figure that out. Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious worry, right? Now, what Jerome Powell said, at least on Wednesday, if you listen to the Q&A, he sure said the economy looked pretty strong and he didn't see a recession taking place anytime soon, but that's the question. You know, on the YouTube channel, we are sharing the Fed dot plots. I'll be honest, I do this for a living. I look at it, I can't understand what's on there, but I do know <laughs> that the talk, Jeff, on last Wednesday, Thursday was six hikes. What I saw this morning uh, was we're looking at potentially eight hikes this year, which means some of them are going to be 50 basis point hikes, right? Goldman, our friends at Goldman came out just yesterday and said, hey, the next two two uh, two meetings, which I believe is our May and June, are now 50 basis point hikes. Because again, uh, Jerome Powell at this uh, conference he was at yesterday kind of implied, yeah, 50, 50 is really on the table. Well, what, what's your take on 50 now? I mean, it, like you said, it just, it just keeps going up, it feels like. What, what do you think about yesterday? Yeah, I mean, the, the market may have a little more uh, difficulty with that. But Mm -hmm. Still, you know, I'll just reiterate, you know, I mean, yeah, that'll get them to 2% faster, but the market's already pricing that in. So, <laughs> right. um, 
it it's really the the hikes beyond two percent that I think are, are are worrisome. And you know, frankly, I mean, people are a little bit nervous about the ten-year yield. We can talk more about bonds in a minute, but mm-hmm. you know, the ten-year yield is you know, north of two thirty now. You know, we we don't like paying more to borrow, right? And we don't like the fact that stock valuations tend to go down as rates rise. But what's good here is it reduces the chances that we invert the yield curve after eight hikes, right? Maybe we can get 10 hikes. That 10 year yield is probably going to continue to go higher over the next 18 months. So sure, it'll it'll maybe get us to the point where the Fed really has a tough decision faster, but um, it, it's just too hard to predict right now what's going to be happening a year from now. So I think the, the recession fears are just premature at this point. Uh, absolutely. It's- as a Bengal fan, I think in one year, I'll say the Bengals offensive line's better. We, we signed some offensive linemen. How'd your Chiefs do in free agency, by the way? Anything happen? Well, they there? added uh, Juju, the receiver oh, yeah. from the Steelers. So that, I think, is a good addition. But um, otherwise, just small moves. Hopefully, <laughs> they uh, they make a splash again with a, a pass rusher. Yeah. That's funny because he loves TikTok and taking videos. And last I checked, your quarterback's brother does too. So <laughs> they probably can make some good videos. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I pointed this out before. 2004, five, and six, the Fed hiked rates 17 times. I mean, just an incredible number. And you look back, oh, you know, well, you know what happened then? Commie did all right. SP gained every single year. Did it gain by a ton in those three years? No, it did not, but it was still green three years in a row with 17 rate hikes. So again, you know, we, we've been here before. Uh, every, you know, you say this time is different, right? The four most dangerous words, 40-year inflation, war in Eastern Europe. Yeah, this time does feel a little different. We're clearly watching these things very closely. Lawrence Gillum, our Fed whisperer and fixed income uh, strategist on the team is watching it every single day. And again, we're, 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 um, we're optimistic that we're not going to see this in, see an inversion. And again, you know, maybe Jeff, let's go forward. Yeah, we could, because we're kind of talking about this. Let's just go forward now. Um, let's talk about bonds, right? This is related because what's going on in the bond market with yields it, or with yields and yield curves, it is impacting the bond market. Bonds are having like the worst start to year, I believe, since 1980, on top of one of their worst years last year. If you just look at the Barclays Ag, your average bond fund, it was negative since 1976. Barclays Ag's only been down for the year four times. Last year was one of them. Never been down two years in a row. Honestly, with the start we've had with bonds, it very well could be a two years in a row negative for bonds. But Jeff, one of the top questions we've received continually is, wow, this is, you know, this isn't, uh, it's not comfortable. It's been very, um, you know, just very, uh, very rough for fixed income investors. It hasn't provided a ton of diversity uh, with stocks also going down. Why should someone stick with fixed income, Jeff, in their portfolio? Full disclosure, you are an equity strategist, but sell me on it. Yeah, well, I've been uh, reading what Lawrence has been writing, and yep. I, I believe him. Um, it's important to remember that you know bonds kind of work like stock, where when they sell off, they get cheaper. And when they're cheaper, they're more attractive, right? Yeah. And so that's what we're seeing now. Um, the best predictor of a bond's return over the long term is its starting yield. So, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't that long ago when the 10-year yield was under 10%, uh, under uh, 1%, yep. right? It's 230 plus now. So that is a much more attractive uh, starting yield. So I think that's a really important point. Another really important point to keep in mind is that it's really just paper losses, right? I mean, you're still going to get your principal back on a treasury. You're still getting your coupons on a treasury. Right. It's maybe it's not 100 percent risk free, but it's pretty darn risk free. Mm-hmm. So um, people also need to keep that in mind. It's credit risk that impairs the value of a bond. Right. Permanently. 
because uh, you don't get your principal back potentially, right? That doesn't really happen. Uh, that's not really happening right now, right? There's really very low credit risk. Corporate America is doing great. I can't wait till we get to earnings season and talk about just how amazing uh, of a job corporate America is doing managing in a tough environment. Companies are in great shape. Credit risk is still very, very minimal. And, uh, you know, that means you're going to get your money back on the bond. So we still like keeping them for defense and, um, you know, just keep in mind sort of those key sort of um, characteristics of, of bonds. Um, it's, it's probably going to get better. Well, the la last point, Ryan, uh, bonds, just like stocks, bounce back really strongly from losses. That's a point uh, Lawrence made in the weekly market commentary for this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, things don't always go up, they don't always go down, uh, but we still think it makes sense for, for investors to have some fixed income exposure with bonds. Um, you know, also bonds provide liquidity. Also, yes, they're volatile for a bond, but you look at stocks, they're not the volatile. What's the old saying, Jeff? I might butcher it here, but you know, a bad afternoon for bonds, I'm sorry, a bad afternoon for stocks is a bad year for bonds, right? And it, with the with the with the uh, volatility we've seen, there, there can always be some opportunity there. But again, it it can help you sleep at night. Even in um, let's see, March 2020, those first two or three weeks when gold was killed, stocks were killed. Even bonds, bonds were hit hard, right? The Barclays AG was down, I think, almost six percent intramonth in March 2020, whereas stocks were down close to thirty percent intramonth in March 2020. So again, it was down, but it helped some with the volatility. And um, you know, if you're looking at your statements daily, it can, it can help you um, from making some poor decisions at the uh, worst time. Jeff, I guess any, any, you know, I'll just add one more thing and then let you go. You know, one of the reasons I've kind of been in the camp that yields are probably going to go a little bit higher and they have been is I look at, you know, metals, industrial metals, copper, a lot of these things have been going higher, almost like yields have kind of been following along, you know, so that kind of made sense. But again, when you look globally, you know, we've seen global bonds go, I'm sorry, yields, global yields going higher as well. And still Germany, where's the 10-year boon, Jeff? 50 basis points, I think, do you know by chance? It's around there, yeah, right? That's about right. Yeah, so you were 230. So my math is right, 180 points higher, um, 180 basis points higher. Um, you know, that's that's still pretty tasty, right? There's a lot of global demand for for our debt and honestly for for our US dollar when 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 trouble comes. And again, it could yields continue to soar higher. I mean, hey, believe me, anything can happen. But with that global demand, that's one of the other reasons Lawrence thinks, you know, the yields would be uh, fairly potentially near, near a peak here, and that could be an opportunity for investors um, on the fixed income side to add um, some bonds when, like you said, they've had a rough go and maybe it's time to add. Uh, Jeff, anything you wanna finish with on bonds or maybe let's go that route, but also what you're watching this week, what should we pay, pay attention to? Yeah, so you know we've probably for as long as we've been doing this podcast, we've recommended less interest rate sensitivity than the yep. bond market benchmark, right? The, Bloomberg uh, aggregate bond index. Mm -hmm. And so we're still in that position. In fact, might make sense given the technicals that you certainly follow closely, Ryan. So does Scott Brown on our team. Uh, yields are breaking out to new highs and they certainly could go higher. I mean, our fundamental view is that they will mm -hmm. settle in here um, at current levels or even maybe move a tick lower. But you got to um, listen to the market here. And so if you're worried about the risk that yields continue to go higher and you might see additional losses for bonds, at least on paper, focus on the shorter end of the curve, right? High quality corporate bonds, maturities under maybe five years. Uh, you know, you're just getting more yield and you're getting, you know, less interest rate sensitivity than you get for the broad 
the broad bond market or a 10-year treasury, for example. So I think that makes sense to position. We also, uh, as we've been at for a, a long time here, underweight fixed income. So right. still like bonds, still want to own a good chunk of them, uh, but certainly being you know, 5, 10 points below your benchmark makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, no, good point. And people listen to this podcast for a while. I've talked to a lot of our advisors. They've, they've, they've enjoyed listening to it, but also some of the calls we've had, which is specifically saying stay overweight stocks, underweight bonds. We're still in that camp right now. Um, and again, lowering your duration as well as yields probably go higher. So Jeff, this week, it feels a little calmer than last week with um, the volatility and the Fed. What, should, what do you think of move markets this week? Yeah, the Fed might be running out of opportunities to move markets <laughs> this week anyway. Uh, we'll see. It's really a quiet week of economic data, like some housing data, some you know, consumer sentiment data, which will again be negative, unfortunately. Uh, so that might be interesting. So, I mean, really, it's it's more about um, inflation and, and Ukraine, I think, that yep. probably matters more than anything. And then we are getting closer to um, uh, the start of earnings season with quarter end approaching. And so... Um, you know, some of the companies that report uh, February quarter ends uh, have some pretty good news, you know, Nike, you mentioned. Uh, so that'll certainly be interesting uh, over the next couple of weeks to see what analysts do uh, with those estimates. No, absolutely. I mean, we're going to continue to talk about it, right? Next week, we'll do our next uh, our latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. There's a chance I won't be on, but I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going um, to, to a conference with our advisors, but hopefully I'll I'll get to do it from a very luxurious place with a uh, neat background. Uh, we'll see. We're going to try and pull it off. But Jeff will be back definitely with someone else if I can't make it next week. But thank you to everyone who continues to listen to this podcast on the YouTube channel and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. It, it goes a long way to keep building this brand. And thanks to Neil, as always, our producer, for getting us out there. And lastly, thanks to you, Jeff, for uh, a fun discussion. And I think, yeah, I think we kept it under 30 minutes. We try to keep it under 30 minutes. Sometimes we go on a, a little rant. So sorry about that. But I think we made it. So with that, everybody, have a great week. Um, let's see if this rally keeps going. We'll be back next week to talk about it. See you then. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates. 
which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.